0: Hash house and circle up. Welcome to On, the Hash House Harrier Podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Today on the podcast, we're back in Dayton, Ohio with another mismanagement of the team there. Longtime Hasher. Welcome on the podcast today. Penishead, also known as P Head. Hi P. Head.
1: Good morning.
0: You also have a, another label that's on some of your garments. It says Tyrant.
1: Yes, I did. On your
0: back collar. Yep. What's that about?
1: I was Dayton's second GM and I held that position for eight and a half years. And when I finally gave that up, they elected to make me Tyrant for life. It's part of mismanagement, but I don't have any specific duties. I can stick my nose in and tell them what I think anytime I feel like it, whether they like it or not.
0: Great. That was not a position before they gave it to you. (laughs) Correct. All right. All right, let's talk about how you got into hashing your origin story. When, where, and how did you get to your first hash? My first hash was
1: Dayton's third hash. This was back in mid-July of 87. Um, I had heard about the first one, didn't choose to go because I didn't know anything about it. Back then, I was very involved with a group called the Ohio River Road Runners, and they put on club races all the time. And There had been this guy showing up wearing these funny-looking shorts and shirts that had hash on them. And, And I didn't pay much attention, and then I heard there was going to be a hash run the end of June that year, and I didn't go. There was a Sunday where they were going to have a hash, and I didn't have anything else to do, so I went to see what it was all about.
0: Who was that that almost got you there?
1: The founder, and that was Jeff Little Tudor Jumper. He was active duty Air Force at the time here in town, attending AFIT getting a degree he was an air force pilot came to us from little rock arkansas when he finally shipped out of here he went to pope air force base down in the carolinas retired from there and wound up flying for delta and he lives down in the atlanta area now
0: what was it like on the first run that you finally went to
1: (laughs) fun it was an area of town I was semi-familiar with where we used to run a lot of cross-country races when I was in high school. Part of it that went through that park it was like, okay, this is cool. The whole concept of following this trail that is intentionally deceptive and trying to solve it really appealed to me. I was much more into the trail part of the hash early on than I was the social part.
0: Did you bring anybody else from the road running club after your first experience?
1: I'm sure I tried. We're talking 36 years ago. (laughs) I started trying to get people out there. We had a really interesting group of people running with the Dayton Hash the first few years. I think we had seven PhDs running with us at once. (laughs) So it was quite the interesting group and in varied fields.
0: You said you liked the trail. What else was part of the hash traditions that you remember from back then?
1: They had circle, and I thought that was odd at first. It took me a little bit to warm up to that. The one thing they did in Dayton back then that turned out to be bad for Dayton was the trail could be Saturday or Sunday, whichever one the Hare wanted to do that week. And this was pre-internet, so there was a written-up hash trash every week that had the next week's trail info on it. But trying to keep up with things when it was bouncing back and forth between Saturdays and Sundays was really bad. About three years in, our head count was getting really low. That's around the time when... Little tutor was getting shipped out. The people that were active all decided I should be put in charge. What led up to that was that I had started, I took over creation of the hash trash. I was right. writing that. Whoever had done it initially started slacking off, so I picked it up and started doing it.
0: Were you engaging and interested in the circles more by then?
1: Yeah, I was getting more into it.
0: So, you took over as GM, the second GM ever for Dayton. Were you right. confident at that point about the group and leading it?
1: I wasn't sure what I was getting myself into, but I knew we were in trouble just from the standpoint of, like I said, single digit head counts. I got to thinking about it. I said, What can we do? to fix this i consulted with some other people and ultimately made two changes at once one was always on saturday always at the same time the other one was every other week instead
0: of every week how what was the impact how long did that take to make a difference it
1: turned around fairly quickly actually it gave everybody a weekend off And it gave everybody the consistency. Oh, we know it's going to be on Saturday at three o'clock. And they could plan in advance for that. They could plan around that. The bouncing back and forth and the times changing was just killing us. And our numbers came back up fairly quickly after that. The other thing that happened around that time is we got a new group of people from AFIT, the Air Force Institute of Technology. Young guys are basically straight out of the Air Force Academy, and they've come to Dayton to get their master's in whatever their fields were. Half a dozen of them found us at once. Nice. And that injected some really good new life blood into us.
0: You yeah. started GM around 1990, is that about right? Yeah,
1: around okay. September so- or so of 90.
0: Let's just get the logistics. How much did it cost? How'd you handle money and that kind of stuff?
1: God, I think back then it was three bucks a hash and I wound up handling the money. Yeah. For a while, I was doing pretty much everything.
0: Did you have help herring trails though?
1: Oh yeah, God. So we'll back up. I started on run number three, went on vacation when they had run number four. Ran five, six, and haired seven Mm. solo, which I made typical virgin hair mistakes of, (laughs) oh, I can take him to this cool place. Oh, I can take him to that cool place. And the next thing you got got an eight mile trail.
0: (laughs) What about hash names? Were they already when you started?
1: Yeah, because we had the little tutor who already had a name. And they had started naming people fairly early on.
0: How'd you get your name?
1: The story behind my name, (laughs) there's two versions of this. One is just letting the little head think for the big head. (laughs) And the longer story of that is we're out on a trail and I got out in the lead. I had one of them days where every check I hit, I guessed correctly. I got way out ahead and... I hit this one check and there were two ways to go. And I went, I could go downhill to the right or uphill straight ahead. I went uphill straight ahead, found true trail and I waited up there. When the pack hit the check, I blew my whistle and yelled at them to get everybody coming the right way. And went on and we run trail and then we get the circle and the Harris, who was little tutor, and he says, back at that one check where Paul was up on top of the hill there, calling us on he said both directions were correct he could have gone one block to the right downhill or a mile of rolling hills uphill straight ahead and he took us on the roll mile of rolling hills and since p head and my real name have the same initials and they came up with penis head and then everybody immediately started calling me p head
0: let me just figure out what it was like for you then as your eight years at GM. Did the hash change, grow, shrink? What oh, other, yeah. Did so you that, do any other changes?
1: Eventually growing. We got an older guy, and he was probably 10 years older than me or more. He was retired Air Force colonel who had hashed elsewhere, and he came to us with the name Barrel Roll. He was one of these people that I knew I could count on him. We started getting other people that I thought I could count on. We didn't have elections. We just said, I would like you to do this job for me for the hash. Barrel Roll became our on second, and keeping all the records. By that time, Catwoman was with us, who became my wife. And I got her to be our songmeister. And I got a couple other people to do other jobs. We had RAs and so I I found somebody to be a good, RA. we had a guy named Flying Burrito, who's in DC now running with Mount Vernon. Um, He became our RA, but it it wasn't that there were elections. It was me handpicking people that I knew I could count on and pulling them into these positions to keep the club going and take some of the load off of myself.
0: You mentioned Catwoman, big singer. Was Dayton a big singing hash before her?
1: Yeah, actually, we had been singing. We had a guy named Mad Max who had started bringing some songs to us. He left long ago. He got a job as a professor out in Washington, University of Washington, I think it was then these young air force guys i talked about they got big into it and they they brought some new songs to us where they got them i don't know
0: but- let's talk about your expanding out you weren't a one-man show but you took the big lead there for at least the start of your jam tour what about yeah. traveling in the area there's a lot of hashes in the northeast region When did you start venturing out and finding other hash clubs to hash with?
1: I think my first road trip was probably the Toledo hash for their first anniversary. And that was probably like 89. The other thing that kind of turned me on to that was we had an anniversary hash for our first anniversary. I wasn't part of mismanagement yet then, so I don't know how they got the word out. But the people that showed up were really interesting. Horny from Chicago. Yeah. There was a couple people came down from Waukesha. The one guy from Waukesha was like Crocodile Dundee or something like that. He was the guy that was in charge of Interam 91 in Waukesha. They were down there to promote Waukesha's anniversary the next year for their 300th run, I think it was. And me and another guy went up to that one. That was a lot of fun. That's what started me on traveling. And God, I've been hooked ever since. When Cincinnati came on board and they were gonna start forming a hash, a bunch of us from Dayton went down for their first one, myself and Catwoman and a bunch of others. And we've had a really good symbiotic relationship with Cincinnati since their very beginning. They do one, we both do every other Saturday alternating. We do a joint red dress every year. So one year it's in Cincinnati, the next year it's in Dayton.
0: Yeah, people aren't that familiar with the geography. I'm not sure how I am, but Cincinnati's almost in Kentucky. So how far apart are those? It's basically an hour drive. Okay, let's just get the transition out. Why'd you end up Ending SGM eight and a half years later.
1: Some people decided the club needed a change.
0: (laughs) Some people, yes.
1: Some members of mismanagement decided we needed a change of direction or a change of personnel just to shake things up. I knew the club wasn't going to go crazy if they did it. Let them go. So we've been through a number of
0: GMs since then. And you got this tyrant tag right then was that part yes it it was you've gone through these several gm's since then and during that period and since then from the 90s have you been subject to people coming and going because of the military nature of a lot of the members
1: Yeah, we seem to have a turnover about every five years or so. The makeup of the club will change. We've had some periods that were really interesting and very cool, and we've had a couple periods that kind of we went down a bit, and it took a while to turn it around again and come back up. It's just the nature of the beast.
0: What was the timing of this? You've retired now, I think, right? So, yeah, so you were hashing while you were working. Did that fit into work? Did you ever try to bring people from work in or did you keep that separate?
1: Yeah, I did. I brought a couple. One guy in particular I brought in, interesting guy named Headwetter, born in northern India, raised in England, schooled in England. Then he moved to the U.S., first over to Rockford, Illinois, and then he came to the Dayton area and wound up working where I was. We were both in the aircraft industry. His birthday is the day after mine, one year earlier. So one day a year on his birthday, we're the same age. (laughs) (laughs) He and I got on really well. And I got him involved 20 plus years ago. And that's been fun.
0: You don't have to talk about this at all, but sometimes there's politics on the hash, there's conflict and everything, and say whatever you want about it, the Dayton group ended up having another hash formed out there, right?
1: Yeah. We've had several spinoffs over the years. Back in the very early 2000s, there's a guy that moved to Dayton Veteran hasher, but he was out there. It was pussy whip from down in the DC. Oh my bit.
0: God! Yeah, we know. Yeah, <laughs> remember, anybody met him remembers him. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> he got to where he was actually running away virgins, and that's never a good thing. So there was one group of people that wanted to just kick him out of the hash. Wow. and there was another group that wanted to put him on probation and give him a chance to clean up his act. The end result of that is we put him on probation and some of the ones that wanted him gone period formed another hash called the Southwest Ohio traditional hash.
0: Ah, okay. SWAT.
1: Well, Dayton hash is still here and SWAT is dead. So. Mm. For all practical yeah. purposes,
0: they, we assume, their, way?
1: all the people that formed it are either gone or a few of them are back running with
0: Dayton. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: And there's been a couple others more recently. Years ago, we started supporting older hashers and making sure there's always a Walker trail or an Eagle Turkey split, something like that. All so right. the older, slower people can still do trail, but they don't have to go out and do a five mile trudge around. It it helps the hash because it keeps our numbers up and those people finishing about the same time as the people that do the longer, tougher trail.
0: Yeah, that's ideal. Sure.
1: There were some people that didn't want that. They didn't want to do the effort. So they formed another hash that was just more the straight old, straight out run formal hash without the walker support.
0: How about other people from the era when you started? Is there anybody who's been there as long as you? Starting at run number three is a long time ago, but who's close?
1: Actually right now, Catwoman's probably the closest. She started in the early nineties. She started about 91, 92, somewhere along in there. And she didn't get real active till probably about 93. The odd one is there's a hasher who's actually our current GM, and you've already interviewed her, is Morlegs. She's originally from Dayton, and she would show up every now and then on vacation when she was home to visit family, and she'd come Ah. out to run with us. And then somewhere in the mid to late 90s, she moved back to Dayton and has been here ever since.
0: About five or six years more senior than just about anybody there. Yeah, Yeah, easily. So, more legs is she, she's the current GM. Have you had other female GMs before her?
1: No, she's the only female GM we've had. Wow. Okay. And she's done it twice.
0: Is that something ever in your future or are you tyrant for life and that's it now?
1: I'm tyrant for life and that's it. I try to make sure that whoever winds up in that position is going to be good for Dayton. I know we had one guy got elected to the position and as soon as he got elected, I just said, you and me need to get together and have a chat. And we went out to dinner one night and because he hadn't been around near as long. And I wanted to bring him up to Dayton on all the history, the good, the bad, everything, and let him know what he was getting into and, make sure he knew where we were coming from.
0: You went to Interam 1999 in Waukesha. How many of those subsequent ones were you able to also, make?
1: That was 91. I didn't do 93. It was Calgary. Calgary I, didn't yeah. do, I didn't do Calgary. Between there, I got divorced from my second wife and had started dating Catwoman. <laughs> That was early 95. Her and I have been to 95, 97, 99. Basically, we missed the three Ps. It was Puerto Vallarta, Panama, and Portland.
0: That's an easy way to remember. All right, so wait a minute here. We don't have to get in the whole life history story, but were your previous wives hashers?
1: The first one was gone before I ever found the hash the second one was involved with the hash for a while but she got tired of it
0: and you yeah
1: and me (laughs) (laughs) then catwoman came along and as as a already established hasher and that's a whole story in itself but the short version of that is when she got transferred to dayton she was active duty air force it was my name and phone number out there because i was the gm she called me up to find out about the hash. We talked on the phone for an hour and a half and got on very well. And when she finally started showing up at Hashes, we ultimately got together and here we are. been married for twenty six years.
0: Yeah, I good proposed to her in
1: circle. We got married at a beer near on our spring formal. Our honeymoon was the interim in Trinidad.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's wow, a like- Perfect bottom feeder story for Hash. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We bumped into each other recently with a couple promotion trips. Yes. Uh, You guys drive. That's a long drive across the top of the States. Yes. How long have you known the Rumson guys?
1: Oh, geez. I first came across the Rumson guys, although I don't know that I met them at that 91 interim when they opened up their containers of the smelly fish at the outdoor gathering after trail and they made sure they were upwind so that it would blow over the whole crowd (laughs) and then seeing their presentation on sunday their joke presentation about wanting to host the next one which they never won until they finally did and they refused it And then we ran into them. Cleveland used to do a thing every year up on Kelly's Island. And we met some of them up there.
0: You've got the every other year red dress run you take care of for you and Cincy. And you've got anniversary events. What's the biggest event you've organized? How big did it get?
1: The biggest one we did was a USA Nash Hash I think it was 2002. It was the third one. And it was about 200 people.
0: Yeah. A- the hash is obviously important to you. And you put in even from quiet leadership, from loud leadership, whatever it takes to keep Dayton. And Dayton hash is obviously very important to you. Yes. What do you think about the future of hashing? You've seen Dayton through some thin times and made some changes, and it seems to be. Strong and going, and you're well-suited to run on. What do you think about hashing future in general?
1: Overall, I think it's good. I think it's still going strong. The events we go to all seem to be pretty well attended. Good group of the younger ones. Of course, for me now, everybody's younger one, it seems like.
0: (laughs) That happens all of a sudden, yeah.
1: Yeah. One thing I'd like to see more of the hashes doing, and it's personal to me, that started just a couple years ago for medical reasons but i'd like to see him start having na beers at them yeah it's one of those things i had to do it because of a cholesterol medicine they put me on that you're not supposed to have much alcohol with as strict as everybody's gotten about drunk and driving having na beers there would help alleviate some of that for people let them keep drinking their beer but make them safe to drive home
0: yeah yeah, and there's a lot of good
1: ones out there now
0: how do you guys handle bringing the beer and everything there the
1: hairs are responsible for it we have a set of hash coolers that kind of travel They, they just transfer from hair to hair whatever's left from the previous hash is in there and it's up to this week's hairs to buy enough to cover it and then they get reimbursed out of the hash
0: cash. It sounds like Dayton's a great place to be. I've never actually hashed in. Dayton, I've hashed in Cleveland. How often do past hashers end up turning up these days where you see somebody who's dropping back in?
1: Pretty rare, unfortunately. i like to see more of them coming back. Every now and then, I know Legs does a really good job. Every now and then she'll put out a call. She'll start calling some of the old timers to try and get them to come back for a special event. She got a bunch to come back. We had our 1500th uh, January or February of last year. That was last year. And she got a pretty good number of old timers that hadn't been out in a long time to come back for that, but then they dropped right back off again.
0: You no, know, Catwoman, I saw her, she was doing okay in Como in May. I know you guys have some travel plans that are conditional. Where are people going to see you later this year if all things go well?
1: That would be, it was either Syracuse or Ithaca in New York in late August, and then the Florida-Georgia thing down in, Central Florida in October is all we've got online right now. Dayton's having a camp out for not this coming weekend, but the weekend after. If she has her surgery on Monday, like she's supposed to, then she definitely won't be there. I'll probably just show up on Saturday. If she does not have it, then we'll both probably be there.
0: Okay, we don't have to make it too I- <clears throat> invasive. But if people want to send the get well wishes to Catwoman afterwards, they can get through her or you. And um, yeah. yeah, this will be published after your weekend. But yeah, people want to see you. They can show up at Syracuse or Florida, Georgia, and say hi.
1: That's right.
0: All right. Anything else? What else do you want to get in? Yeah. Oh,
1: something you and I talked about just a little bit over a commotion. Part of what I do as the tyrant is I try to get it, get with new people and set trail with them, just give them a kind of a heads up on hashing and what it's all about. I tell them I've been places and met people and seen things that never would have happened if it wasn't for this group. And two favorite stories out of that. I was on a business trip to LA back in 90 something it was the year of the Oklahoma City bombing because it had happened like a week before whatever year that was, okay, it was probably half yeah, yeah it was probably 95 that sounds right and I'm running with the LA hash on Monday where they had met at Pointa Verde south of LA at a school on a beach what a place to put a school and the interesting place thing about that area is like two blocks in it's a mountain.
0: Yeah, LA loves that kind of trail
1: hillside and I had taken a false trail down the beach down the road and I hear him calling on and there's another guy with me and he says follow me and we start running up the hill through people's yards there were no fences we're just running up the hill through people's yards and I get up the hill a ways and I turn around and I look and I see the sun setting over the pacific Uh, And the lights of LA coming on across the bay. And it's, wow. Never, ever would have been in that position. And it's just a regular residential neighborhood of small houses with uh, insane views. Never would have seen that otherwise. The other one I like is from the first red dress I ever did in DC. Again, that would have been about 95, 96 time frame. We ran around the mall area, had a beer near in a parking lot somewhere, not far off of that. And we started running again. And I was near the front of the pack, hit a check, and I go left because nobody had gone left. I wound up getting True Trail, which took me straight to the Washington Monument, where I got stopped by park police.
0: (laughs) The only guy in a red dress. Yeah,
1: the guy in a red dress running up. And they wanted to play 20 questions, apparently. (laughs) Who are you, P-Head? What are you doing? Running. Where are you going? I don't know. (laughs) Are you in charge here? God, no. (laughs) You have a permit. I already told you I'm not in charge. How would I know? Is this a protest? No. And by this time, there's an ocean of red going by. Finally, it's just like, I'm tired of this. Catch me if you can. (laughs) And I'm gone. (laughs) Lost in the ocean of red. but where else do you get a chance to do that
0: yeah that's brilliant (laughs) how important are traditions to you I I, obviously the hash means something to you and all these traditions but what do you think about hash traditions how do you explain them or what is it is what is hashing to you
1: hashing to me is just the opportunity to get out and be with friends that I oftentimes don't see other than at the hash, get some exercise I have some fun. Running the trail, solving the trail is still what I'm all about. I love that. It pisses me off every time I go out because I can't be in the front of the pack anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: My body won't let me, but I still love doing it and I still love trying because every now and then I get lucky And catch a couple checks correctly (laughs) when the fast ones have gone the wrong way. (laughs) That is the big thing. And then hanging out with people. And I love going to big events and seeing people I haven't seen for years. One of those never forget things. We were in Ireland back in as the prelude to the World Interhash in Cardiff. And the Dublin Hash had put on a weekend event. And I'm out on trail and I'm running with Horny from Chicago, who had, by this time, I've known this guy for about 12, 13, 14 years. And he and I ran the whole trail together. And I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. Yeah. And it's just running into people like that I really enjoy.
0: Yeah. Being able to catch up with people. Hopefully I'll see you on trail soon. everybody else can bump into you there somewhere in the world or drop in on Dayton. That's it. Drop you'll in be our there, day. Be there. You'll be there all summer.
1: Yep. I'll be here all summer. We've got our uh, nature immersion camp out weekend coming up in a week and a half. So look on the Dayton website, DaytonHHH.org, and find out all about it.
0: You're a big personality. Catwoman's a big personality. Let's talk about hashing and relationships. You've had other marriages. Now you found the great hashing relationship hashing good for marriage marriage good for hashing what's your opinion
1: it very much can be both of you have to be into it and you have to be into each other and not playing around on the side that's what's going to screw it up every single time I, and i've seen that happen we had a hash couple a couple of years ago that. Started screwing around on the side and they're split up
0: now. Then they got to put the hash in the divorce settlement and see who gets it. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess.
1: Yeah, it's very much a mess. It is what it is. You just got to take the vow seriously. Yeah. Because, you know, we got porkless and more legs together and they've
0: been married for probably 20 years or so. Some great hash relationships. I guess it'd be hard to imagine at this point being. Married to someone who wasn't a hasher.
1: Oh yeah, it wouldn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Just wouldn't happen. And Catwoman, we both got our own side hobbies too. She does barbershop singing on the side with a women's barbershop chorus. And I got motorcycling and bicycling. When I got talked into doing RAGBRAI this year, she said, yeah, go ahead and do it. That's a week-long bicycle trip across Iowa. Yeah. Uh, any other hashers on that with you? Oh, quite a bit. There's a hash. Hashers doing ragbri Facebook group. Cool. That's how I got talked into it. The gatekeeper from in Iowa. Oh, All me right.
0: Into it. <laughs> That's a place not a lot of people hash because it feels like it's out in the middle of nowhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason for that because <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny we went out to mink years ago the mink people hosted one of the usa nash hashes and we went out for that and it's a lot of fun out there it was a good hash group and a nice area where they had it
0: and if people don't know mink that's a way to pick up four less common states
1: yeah missouri iowa nebraska and kansas
0: yeah all right, that's the flat parts.
1: <laughs> yeah, except God. Iowa's not so flat.
0: But is that bike trail, the rag a flat ride? No. They oh, said yeah.
1: there's over 16,000 feet of climbing this year.
0: Whoa, yeah. I was not informed about that. Oh, wow. wow.
1: It's 500 miles of biking over seven days. The shortest day is 50 miles and over 16,000 feet of climbing.
0: Wow. Good man. Okay, I'll enjoy it and say hi to the other hashers.
1: This is Dayton's very first t-shirt. Really? From, I believe this was late 87.
0: Wow. What about that logo? Is that a generic hair? Or is that a Dayton That's, hair? Th-
1: this is probably the only shirt this got used on. Wow. Because afterwards, they came up with the, it's like a circular logo. It says Dayton Hash House Harriers. And on the bottom, it's right on on with spelled W-R-I-G-H-T. It's got the right B flyer and the running bunny with the mug that I've seen some other clubs use as well.
0: Right. I know, wow. Uh, so nobody else has that t-shirt that you know.
1: Hot Tub Slut from Cincinnati, I think, has one.
0: Oh, wow. Very cool. Because of that being the first one, probably should snap it and send it to Hazekashi for at least his digital t-shirt museum. That's a pretty special t-shirt. Yeah, that's a cool one. Looks like it's still in good shape and it still fits.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: <laughs> good for you. It's
1: got a little bit of rust stains on it from a bad washing machine, I think. But
0: what are you wearing there now? This is
1: watching? a generic. It's basically the logo we had for our 1500.
0: Right. I don't know how to ask this question, whether I'm going to ask it as RA because it's a standard question. You can think of it as tyrant. <laughs> is the RA always right?
1: <laughs> yeah. What in terms of running the circle, which is the GRA's primary job, yeah, they've got to be whether they are or not.
0: And well, if I know, not, yeah.
1: it's up to me or the GM to quietly talk to them later about it.
0: There you go. Well, that was great spending time with Penishead from Dayton, Ohio, Tyrant for Life. This is the On On podcast. Hasher Voices, Hasher Stories, Hasher History. New episodes every week. Until next time, On On. This is Raw. Close the circle. Here's the hash anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low, sweet child.